Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Nathan Lear and I'm here with Glenn Fairburn. Uh, so on today's podcast, we want to chat about gold. So gold is uh, something that I guess we've spoken about before in a previous podcast, but um, the reason we wanted to talk about it today was given the current um, situation with, COVID, with, with coronavirus and the economic uncertainty, um, gold is, uh, I guess, a lot more... You know, in our faces, we're hearing a lot more about gold, and the, the gold price has been rallying. Uh, so, Glenn, I'll I'll kick over you to explain why has the gold price been uh, increasing at the moment. Well, I think gold generally becomes one of those uh, assets that's that's viewed as a as a safe asset during times of uncertainty, doesn't? It? I mean, we, we've seen this probably a few times in 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 recent years, whether it's tech record early two thousands, GFC. Um, obviously a very low interest rate, low inflationary environment. Um, and, and then more recently, we've seen it with the, the market impact of COVID-19. There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty, and people want to fly to something that's, that's perceived as safe, don't they? Um, historically, that's been government bonds. Um, but I suppose even, even more stronger than that, a major uh, emphasis has been on gold, hasn't it? Like it, It's been pretty strong in, in more recent years. Um, but I think it, it is viewed, which we can talk about why it's viewed as that safe sort of asset or, or, or safe investment. But yeah, I mean, it's probably no surprise that when the markets do confront turmoil, that the price of gold goes up, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, look, and looking at just looking at the, the price of gold at the moment, it's, um, I, I'm just going to talk in US dollar terms because that's generally uh, per ounce as well. That's generally how it's, uh, how it's quoted. Uh, so at the moment, it's about seventeen hundred uh, US dollars per ounce. So seventeen hundred dollars. So just the the interesting kind of thing when we look when I look at the chart is it did it did it did have a fall like when when coronavirus hit. Like there might have been some people that would say, well, yeah, gold will rally if the market goes down. But it actually, I think everything went down because people were just panicking maybe and just selling everything so i reckon that was a liquidity issue where people just wanted to go to cash like anything that was liquid there was just that concern that or whether it's just a a a momentum thing where everyone just wanted that flight to cash do you reckon that's what drove the asset because as you said everything went down what normally doesn't yeah i think people were just selling everything for that initial kind of couple of weeks uh uh, and gold, you know, it was a very much a, like a V-shaped recovery. It's it's bounced right back and it's continued to rise. So um, yeah, so just just interesting looking at the price. But um, what? So yeah, just it's as I said, it's it's um seven, about seventeen hundred US dollars per ounce, or uh, even in kilograms, um, it's fifty five thousand dollars for one kilogram US dollars. So it's it's just interesting. Like I mean, I, I find gold pretty fascinating, but just if, if, you know, you might be hearing this and thinking, "Oh, one ounce of gold!" Like one ounce of gold is absolutely nothing. Like, think of you how much you weigh. You know, how many kilograms you weigh. One kilogram of gold is fifty-five thousand dollars U.S. dollars, or eighty-five thousand Australian dollars for one. It's just, I just find it fascinating that something so small is so valuable. And um, and obviously, you know, I mean, gold's got a long history. And I mean, maybe Glenn, we can spend a couple of minutes kind of talking about. Uh, gold, its you know origins, kind of, and why it's been, why it's so popular. Um, do, you, do you want me to kind of, do you want me to kind of run through Glenn my perspective on that? Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I think look throughout history, as I said, it's been, you know, it's cultures, you know, throughout throughout centuries have have used gold, whether it's you know the Egyptians or whatever it might be, you know, burying burying the pharaohs in in gold. And it's just it's something about it that's allured humans for for many many years. Um, but I, I guess more in more recent times, in the last kind of I don't know, hundreds of years, it, it was it was used as basically a currency, right? Like a, a form of money, um, and which which kind of ultimately, um, you know, the, the you know, as a store of wealth, uh, effectively. Um, but then, but then, so so basically, the the US, the the United States, um, backed their currency with gold, um, and they had a gold standard. But then, uh, in 1971, they Basically, they moved away from from the gold standard and uh, and went to uh, what's called a fiat currency, where it's just not really backed by anything. It's backed by the government's word. Um, would you add anything else there, Glenn? Just in terms of like the history of gold and and how, yeah, well, how it's being used. Gold's still used by, I suppose, Federal Reserves, as you were saying that that store of value, isn't it? So, generally, when investors uh, believe or feel as though their currency might be depreciating, so reducing in value perhaps against other currencies, they generally turn to gold because they believe that if their local currency's value is reducing, that at least if they hang on to gold, that the um, purchasing power of their asset base will be preserved. So it's still sort of viewed as that global currency, isn't it? Because at the moment, we've, as you were saying, we've, we've moved away from gold-backing currencies to these fiat current currencies and everyone's got different currencies around the world but gold's still viewed as that sort of universal means of wealth isn't it or storing wealth as opposed to holding cash um federal reserves hold gold and i suppose even individual institutional investors hold gold so that, that's why it's really i suppose looked at throughout various economic cycles as as a means to preserve wealth isn't it whether it's in particular in a rising interest rate environment or when currencies perhaps are devaluing. Why, why, and just your take on that, why do you think gold is such a good store of value? Like, you know, it holds its value so well, generally speaking, like it'll go up and down and it'll have periods where, um, you know, it performs well, periods where it falls. But generally speaking, like people or central banks like having gold as a, as a store of wealth. Like, just what's your view on why? I think it's whole- just historical. I mean, it, it's valuable because it's rare, isn't it? It's like any precious resource. If if demand exceeds supply, then, then the value goes up. I, I just think as human beings, we're, we're, we're almost um, uh, tailored to, to view gold as, as a precious resource. I mean, people have used it, uh, as you were saying earlier, as a means of currency, whether it's to transact or, or even for jewelry, these sorts of things. I mean, that's essentially all it's used for. And I'm keen to have a bit of a discussion about, about that as well. But I think it's just, it's a historical thing. It's a traditional thing where, where people demand a lot of it, people value it. And as a result of it having that value, perceived value, um, it, 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 it can be used as a, as a means to, to store wealth. Yeah. And, you know, I was just trying to think about what, why it's, why it's so uh, popular, I guess, just you know, the, the, even the term gold, you know, people people talk about gold, you know, the golden times or, you know, people get a gold medal when they win the Olympics. It's yeah. just such a, such a popular thing. But um, you know, from a, I guess, from a science point of view as well, it's got properties that make it unique. It's, uh, you know, it's malleable, which means it can be 
melted down made into other things. It's I think it doesn't corrode. It's visually appealing. Like you know, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? I mean, if if (laughs) if there were aliens looking down at us, they might think, why is this thing so valuable? It doesn't do anything really, apart from actors' jewelry and you know, perhaps it's used in in certain in certain things, but it, it doesn't really do anything, does it? And and I suppose that that's probably a good segue into people's different investors' views on gold because we, we were just chatting before the podcast that, you know, two investors um, that we probably look to and that, that a lot of other people would, would look and admire would be Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio. Now, Warren Buffett historically sort of said, well, he doesn't believe in the principles of gold because it doesn't generate any income. It doesn't do anything. It's not like a company that you invest in and it grows and it generates more earnings or or a property that you can convert to something else you can you can build an asset on it you can convert that asset from a house to an office you can generate income gold in itself doesn't really do anything does it It doesn't generate cash flow um, and and it doesn't grow in itself Um, but then someone like Ray Dalio I think you were saying Nathan is a not a major um, advocate of gold but he believes that gold has a place in a portfolio yeah, he's big on having gold in a diversified portfolio um, for some of the some of the characteristics that uh, or benefits that that perhaps it adds to a portfolio. Um, yeah, look, it's an interesting concept, but I think I think Warren Buffett. Um, look, I think maybe before we talk about that, maybe we'll talk about why why you'd have it in a diversified portfolio. Some of the benefits of having in a diversified portfolio. Um, Because I think that'll probably make a little bit more sense uh, in terms of the Ray the Ray Dalio Warren Buffett, you know, maybe the contrasting opinions on it. Um, So, in terms of what, why, I guess, why would you have gold in a in a portfolio? Well, I think what I just said a second ago is why someone like Ray Dalio would would be a proponent of having it in a portfolio is is it's a good diversifier. So, um, if you look back at its, uh, I guess it's movement, the price movement, it's it's not correlated uh, with with you know stocks and bonds, which are typically the and property. Um, so it doesn't move in the same direction um, as 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 those big other big asset classes as we're seeing now. When, for example, stocks have, have fallen, gold has increased. And if you if you look back through history, um, it's it's done that really well uh, in terms of not being correlated. Um, so in in theory, it can give you better risk adjusted return so if you're looking at your you know the, the, the return in um i guess in more volatile or, or bad markets it can it can give you a better outcome um so I, i'm just saying and glenn you can you can maybe talk about the other side of that but i'm just talking about the argument why people would put gold in a portfolio it, it can it can be a good fire it can give you um better risk risk adjusted returns it's also, I think you mentioned at the start, Glenn, it's, it's definitely an inflation hedge. So when, um, when inflation is increasing strongly uh, or, or rising rapidly, uh, that, that basically erodes the purchasing power of your, of your money. If, you, if you're sitting on cash, where gold um, typically will rise in a high inflation environment as well. So it, once again, the store of value, it, it maintains its value. Uh, and yeah, probably just the last point I'll make, Glenn, is just it's, it's a, it's like a form of insurance in your portfolio. It's like a hedge. Um, so, we're worried about the market, um, the share market, for example. Let's say you own a portfolio of shares and you're worried about it. You might say, "Well, I'm going to bring in an allocation to gold because I think if 
shares underperform, gold will outperform. They're probably the kind of, the, I think, the arguments as to why you would put gold in a portfolio. Would you, is there anything I've missed there or any kind of comments you'd want to make to that? No, not really. I mean, as you were saying, I think what, what it does and what it's proven to do is, is perhaps minimise the impact of, a, of an equity market downturn and perhaps even a, a property market downturn where, where everything else um, perhaps isn't performing given that gold is, is viewed as that safe asset where, asset, where, where the asset value is preserved. It, it, has, it has held up relatively well in falling markets. Um, I suppose from one of the struggles I've had with gold over a, you know over a long period of time, and and I don't know we've we've had discussions about do you include gold, do you not include gold. Um, for me, it's more so looking at the long term value or the long term performance of gold because if you look at the price of gold over hundreds of years or you know even more recent times, 50, 60, 70 years, the one the one thing that you notice is that. It sort of it has its ups and downs, and if you look at the price of gold from, you know, like nineteen seventy five to two thousand and five, um, so like thirty, years, it basically went nowhere for like thirty years. But then in more in more recent years, um, obviously we, we've had that situation, you know, leading well post global financial crisis where the price of gold went from, you know, probably eight hundred dollars up to almost two thousand dollars in that very short space of time because interest rates were falling dramatically. There was a a massive amount of fear um, and then but then as equity markets started to recover the price of gold fell down to almost a thousand so it fell you know a considerable amount um, when when we had that sort of very strong equity market and because history shows or has shown that markets rise more than what they fall that, that's always been the challenge I've had when, when I think about whether we should include gold in portfolios or not I think that there's different ways to manage portfolios. Obviously, one part is return, so trying to maximise return over a long period of time. Um, and arguably, if you're doing that, because gold over a long period of time basically hasn't really performed very well at all when you take into account inflation, um, that's probably one factor. But if 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 you're taking into account volatility and trying to minimise the volatility of a portfolio and provide something that's going to go up when everything else is going down, and that's where gold perhaps is appropriate for a portfolio. So I think it obviously depends on what your objectives are because the other thing that I was thinking of just leading up to this podcast was that if you looked at the top 10 or even top 100 most wealthy people in the world, is there anyone who's made their money out of gold? I can't think of anyone who has. I guess I can't answer that, but I don't know. I suspect not and I don't think so. But um, I guess what do we, you know, I guess when I was listening to what you're saying there, maybe, maybe to kind of challenge you a little bit on that, you know, what if stocks are the best, perform, let's say stocks are the best performing asset class, which I think arguably they are, or stocks or property, depending on kind of, you know, how you, how you look at it. Why would you include anything else in a portfolio then? Like, cause bonds yeah. haven't performed fixed income or bonds haven't performed anywhere near stocks over a long period of time. It, it, either as gold. The, the big difference though, um, over, over, throughout history, I think, is the cash flow generation and that power of compounding. So with a bond, at least you're getting that um, coupon payment that if you're reinvesting, you're building wealth. So the power of just, and of course, you know, with a bond, you're not going to have as much perhaps as equities, but I think the big difference with a bond and gold is that gold's not generating any cash flow. So if the asset value is the same now than what it was 30 years ago, you've made no money. Whereas with a bond, it may be, the asset value might be the same, but at least you'd be able to reinvest those coupons along the way 
and accumulate well. So I think that's, for me, the big difference between those two. But at the moment, there's not a lot of difference because bond rates are extremely low. And I think that's another factor that's pushing up gold because that opportunity cost isn't there. So in the past, investors may have been more attracted to government bonds because they're viewed as a safe asset and they pay a coupon or an interest rate. Um, whereas now, they're not paying very much at all and neither is gold. So that's where perhaps gold and bonds are becoming more comparable. Um, how do you feel? Do I think you agree you, with that? The coupon I take your point about income, but I take your point about income there, Glenn, but uh, I think total returns, the, the, the thing, I mean, you know, we're just talking generally here. We're not talking about specific portfolio for an objective, but just generally, I think total return is, you know, ultimately what you're after. So, you know, would you have rather invested in CSL that pays no income or Telstra 10 years ago that pays income? So, yeah, I understand what, what, what you're saying with that about, you know, something that like a bond pays, pays income, but I suppose, yeah, just wanted to make the point that I think total return is what it's all about. And, um, and look, we, we look full disclosure. We we don't put gold in client portfolios, so um, we're not, you know, we're not advocating gold, you know, to go out and buy gold here. And you know, probably like a general disclaimer, which of course, you know, don't don't act on this <laughs> anything here today without seeking advice, because we we're actually not recommending gold to portfolio in in client portfolios. But um, we just wanted to have a discussion about gold. We think it's interesting. It's quite topical at the moment. Well, think you um, got to challenge your beliefs, don't you? I mean, we, we, we've within our business, we, we've challenged our investment philosophy over, over 30 years, and that's how you get good outcomes, isn't it? Um, and and look, just on that, Nath, with, with relation to including gold in portfolios, another key question is, do you buy physical gold or do you buy shares in gold miners? Because that's a question that people ask quite a bit as well because you know, they're different investment types, but ultimately they're providing exposure to the same asset um, and perhaps, you know, the question I was raising before about the, the, the simple fact that gold doesn't provide any cash or any ongoing dividends or, or income, you could argue that if you buy shares in a gold miner, that that company may pay you dividends. So you, you might get the best of both worlds there. Well, well let, let's go through, seeing, seeing as raise that, let's go through the different way you can, you can access gold. Um, so the first way you can do it is by, by simply buying gold bullion. So um, you need to go to, a, a, I guess, a, somewhere, someone that can supply gold to you and purchase physical gold. Um, but then you need to think about, you know, the, the storage costs because um, unless you want to keep it at home and obviously it's quite valuable, um, you might want to have it stored somewhere um, securely in like a vault type setup um, where there's additional costs. So you need to factor those costs into your return. Because as you said, Glenn, it's not paying any income. And you're paying you're paying out of effectively a fee to store it. Yeah, you're, you're already behind, so you need the value to increase. Um, so that's like the first way you can have it physical physical um, bullion. Um, the second way is what you said, Glenn. You can buy a gold mining stock. So you know, for example, Newcrest Mining is the biggest um, you know gold miner on the Australian stock exchange. You can go and buy Newcrest shares, um, but you know, ultimately, you, you, arguably, you're taking on a bit more risk there because, you know, you've got the company operations. Um, yeah. You know, they might have a particular mine that might run out of gold or, I don't know, not find any gold, which could their share price could, could plummet or they could strike gold and they could go up a 1,000%. Um, so that's the other way you can do it. Um, or I, I know there is a couple of exchange-traded funds where you can buy 
a portfolio of gold producing companies. So, you know, in arguably, arguably you could diversify more in, rather than just buy Newcrest, you could get, you know, maybe 50 stocks, 50 gold stocks in one trade or and the third way um, you can, you can buy gold is via what's called an exchange traded fund uh, where you can buy this exchange traded fund um, basically tracks the price of gold. Um, and when I was looking it up, Glenn, there was, there's two, there's two main ones on the Australian stock exchange that do that. There's a, um, uh, the first one is uh, ETF securities have one, a gold one, which is quite big, by the way, when I looked it up, it's, it's it owns $1.7 billion of physical gold. So if you buy, if you go on the stock exchange and buy it, um, effectively it's backed by real gold. So the, through the um, through the fund, they'll they'll go and buy more physical gold, and it's stored, you know, correctly and audited and all that. Um, and there's another one as well, BetaShares one, which uh, is the same, basically the same setup. So they're kind of the three ways. Yeah, you can buy gold, physical gold, a gold company, or an exchange traded fund that that'll track the price of gold. Any comments on that, Glenn? No, look, I suppose as you said, they're all. They're all fairly different, aren't they? I mean, one one is more of an equity exposure, but as you were saying, that that carries the risks of, of of business operation. And then you've got physical gold. They've all got their pros and cons, don't they? I mean, it's the, the beauty of the way the markets are constructed now is that you've got you've got options. Whereas in the past, the only way to do it would be to own physical gold, which comes with its own cost, doesn't it? Yeah. the The other thing to consider with gold is uh, there's a couple of like the the, the currency. I mean, if what currency are you buying? Usually gold is priced in US dollars. So what currency are you buying it in? And would you want to hedge your exposure? Um, currency hedge your exposure, that is. Um, so yeah, just a couple of, of considerations. So um, yeah, so look, you can, it is pretty easy these days to buy gold, like on the stock exchange, you can basically pick it up in one trade and it's backed by physical gold. So it's not, so, so arguably it's pretty safe in that regard that it's, backed by the real gold. It's not just an instrument trading the or tracking the price of gold is actually in the physical gold. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, when I was, when I was doing my research, Glenn, I, I did like, I looked into different periods where gold, gold had done well and it's no surprises that it's in um, bad, bad share markets. And, you know, I know the, the 1930s after the depression, gold did really well um, in the 1970s when it was really high inflation. Yeah, the oil did well situation yeah and you know more more recently like the tech wreck the G, the global financial crisis and and now with coronavirus is when has when when gold has done really well so it, it just i mean the way i think about it if you if you invest for the for the long term you know stocks and property are going to give you the best return but arguably the most volatility so you know hence for our clients we build in diversification to try and mitigate those falls so you know we build in for example, fixed income, which is going to give you a lower return, but safer. Um, that's where there might be a case for gold. If somebody wanted to have that kind of insurance or that hedge in and their just portfolio, smoothing, they might. And just, and just smoothing the returns, yeah? So you don't have this sort of swing in your asset values. If you start introducing you know, assets like gold, arguably that'll just cushion the blow and, and smooth that return over time. And look, at, as, was, as you mentioned earlier, as, as a bit of a disclaimer, I mean, we're not suggesting... That, to buy gold or not to buy gold, what what we hope to do is really just give all of our listeners the information that can help them make decisions as to what's right for them. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just having the it's having the knowledge, isn't it, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, knowledge just gives you. It's not always good to have information without knowledge, but I think that by just understanding how a particular asset performs, what it does, what it's done over a long period of time, when you expect it to perform well, when you don't expect it to do well, at least then you can make decisions accordingly. So I think it's, you know, from our perspective, as you were saying, we don't, at the moment, we're not recommending, or we haven't in the past recommended that clients invest in gold or, or have gold as part of their portfolios. But, you know, th there are a lot of advisors that do. And I, I alluded, it to, alluded to it earlier where, Two, two very popular investors in the world have different views. So Warren Buffett's always been sort of, you know, the comments that I made earlier about looking at it doesn't generate any cash flow, hasn't done anything for a long period of time, doesn't grow, doesn't, doesn't employ people, doesn't do anything. But that someone like Ray Dalio is, is a pretty strong advocate of at least having part of your portfolio consisting of gold. And the, the last five years, gold has outperformed the Dow Jones index. The last... 15 years gold's outperformed the Dow Jones index so yeah because that that brings in the global financial crisis if you go back 15 years so it just it just depends on what period you're looking at uh, but, but gold yeah definitely can enhance portfolio returns over a shorter period but um, the other guy as well Jack Bogle the um, the founder of uh, Vanguard I know he, he he shares Warren Buffett's view um, like he, he, he doesn't you know, he basically doesn't call an investment. He just says it's a speculation. So I guess it's interesting. Different, different opinions make, make the world go around. There's probably, the way I look at it, there's probably no right or wrong. It, it probably comes back to how you want to construct a portfolio. And someone like a Warren Buffett, I mean, he's, he's one out of the box. He's a, he's a genius when it comes to investing in stocks. If I was Warren Buffett, to be honest, I wouldn't want to have gold either. Like if I had a Berkshire Hathaway, the size that it is, why would I bring in gold? But if I... If I was a novice, invest, novice investor that had a smaller portfolio that I wanted to protect it and make sure I had smoother, smoother returns, I, I would bring in gold. So, yeah. yeah so just maybe, maybe in closing, if you had no other final comments, Glenn. No, I think yeah. No, you just make a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. There's there's no right or wrong. Like, just want to stress once again. Um, you know, this podcast is is a general advice only. So, if you are seriously considering any investing or bringing gold in your portfolio strongly recommend that you seek you know independent advice because gold can have periods where it does significantly underperform can go down um so you wouldn't want to put all my view you wouldn't want to put all your wealth in gold i know some people do i know you've got the gold diehards out there that'll put all their wealth in gold um definitely not something that we would advocate so um seek independent advice as always so thank you for listening today hope you hope you found the podcast valuable and learned something uh, that you didn't know about gold and we look forward to having you on the show next week thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the money mentors podcast um, if you enjoy the the content please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po podcasting app um, once again please check out our major sponsors website hewison private wealth um, so just just search for Hewson Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewson Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.